5: them. The following is a presentation of the Force Center Podcast Feed.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. I'm Ken Nabzog, and this is another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me, a guest, and my sinus infection ranking Star Wars. That's right. Joseph Scrimshaw, get in here before my voice gives out. How are you, my friend?
0: I am happy to be here, and I am happy uh, to not have a sinus infection. I apologize. That sounds cruel, Uh, but I I empathize with what you're going through.
3: Hey, look, the world's getting back to normal, right? That includes uh, getting a little sick because you're two around people, which is a dangerous thing, everybody. Be careful. Uh, Remain distant. Wear your mask. All those things. I'm fine. I don't have that illness. Thank God. Not on wood. I just... uh, uh, Got a little overzealous shaking some hands after a comedy show. Masks and all. It didn't matter. Shake a hand, rub an eye, you might get a little <laughs> sinus infection. So, I uh, uh, just want to acknowledge that in case you hear my voice and you think something's wrong with your uh, podcast
0: player. Uh, yeah, is- now, I, I, I do understand, like, I have had a little bit of a cough, which I often have a little bit of a cough. I have now had my second vaccine, so, it you know, it is not uh, the virus. But I was yeah. like, why, why, do I, why do I have this cough? And then uh, I had been dusting in my home. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Which I've been living in constantly for months. And when I dusted something and saw the cloud of dust, I was like, Oh, that's where that cough came from, <laughs> idiot. Uh idiot indeed. No, hey, you know, it's
3: it's it's so fun. We all want to race back fully. And I think we've all had those moments where maybe you've done something uh and you feel great, but you also feel uh, you know, guilty and uh or just like, oh, was it was it too soon? And we're all gonna deal with that in our own way in our own time. But I have one of those First night, super careful. Second night, that was a great set. Give me a drink. Let me shake your hand. (laughs) Boom. Be careful, people. But uh, real world coming into Star Wars. Let's get into the fun world of Star Wars. Uh, Joseph, we today are going to rank the best cameos in Star Wars. Uh, we are going to go through mostly the movies. Other things could pop up over over time. I guess you can't really do a cameo in a comic book or a novel, but it's possible, I guess. So mostly, yeah. it's, uh, mostly it's a big screen. But Joseph, this is a fun list. Uh, we always say it's hard, but more than I thought,
0: you know? Yeah, no, this was really great. There were definitely a few that just popped to my mind immediately of ones that I, you know, think about a lot Mm -hmm, (laughs) and I enjoy. And then it was fun to do a deep dive of just kind of Googling, like, are there some that I forgot about? Uh, And there are a lot of them. This this was a great reminder when you suggested doing cameos. Yeah, my mind went to uh, movies. We probably could do, uh, you know, certainly episodes of Clone Wars uh, Mm -hmm. and and things like that. cameos can mean so many different things right it can be like an actual relatively known famous person who has a walk by it can be like somebody who's involved in the production it can be somebody who wasn't uh, particularly well known when they filmed this and then it yeah. becomes a cameo it can mean so many different things yeah absolutely and, and and it's you know mandalorian seems to be making an art form of the
3: came- <laughs> cameo did you tell <laughs> jokes in the 90s get in here uh, you're on our show um so yeah and, and it changes over time the definition of uh of cameo like i you know i'll say right now i saw a lot of lists i did the search you did too joseph where you're just like what did i miss People putting Simon Pegg as a cameo, not a cameo to me. That was a casted <laughs> role.
0: <laughs> was- yep, A pretty major player with many lines. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So this is uh, like Joseph said, sometimes it's uh, the background. Sometimes it's a line. Sometimes we look back years later and go, oh, unbelievable. They were in a Star Wars picture. So uh, with uh, that said, we're going to dive into our le- our list, working five to one. Joseph, beginning with your number five.
0: My number 5 is one that I think about a lot. <laughs> so I wanted to share it first. Uh and that is a uh, sound designer, editor, of many different things to Star Wars over the years. Ben Burt as Colonel Dyer in Return of the Jedi. Uh this has always been a moment that I have loved and then when I uh got older. <laughs> yeah. And and somebody explained The birds and bees of Star Wars. Uh, That was a weird analogy. And I realized it was uh, Ben Burt. It only made me enjoy this moment more. Uh, If anybody is not familiar with uh, Colonel Dyer, spelled D-Y-E-R, but the name is indicative of the character's fate, uh, this is the moment when Han and Leia and Chewie think they've got everything under control in the shield generator bunker, uh, and uh, they are caught by the Imperials, and Colonel Dyer pops out and says, freeze. And Han does... This is why the moment I always love the moment Han does one of my favorite things that uh, heroes and combatants can do just throw whatever is in your hands. (laughs) 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 And Han has the toolbox. He doesn't take the time to quick draw his blaster, he just throws the toolbox into Colonel Dyer's uh, chest. He flips over. Uh, and Scream's dying. I think there's a railing right there, but this is why the the Empire doesn't bother with railings. They don't really help when it comes down to it. You get hit in the chest with the toolbox by Han Solo, you're still going over, railing Mm. or no railing. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I always love that moment because it was that moment of just like, oh, no, they're caught, but here's that rebel spirit uh, Mm. and that ingenuity of Han to just throw the toolbox, Uh, but Mm. it's not enough because, of course, then Renz comes in and says, you rebel scum. Um, then, so I always love the moment, but then Ben Burt, right? I mean, Ben mm-hmm. Burt is one of the, I won't say unsung hero- heroes of Star Wars. He's definitely sung, but he could yeah. be sung constantly. Uh, to The sound design of Star Wars obviously is a huge part of what makes Star Wars his huge and thorough involvement in the, the prequels, uh, even beyond sound design. So it's great to just honor the character. And then this additional detail, or not the character, but the the person playing the character, Mm -hmm. Uh, the additional detail that makes me really love this, Ken, is when Colonel Dyer falls, uh, the noise that we hear is Ben Burt himself with his mouth recreating his own Wilhelm scream. That's his uh, impression (laughs) of a Wilhelm scream. So it's just just the cherry on top of this uh, cameo Sunday.
3: uh, I love Sundays, and I love this one because this is layered. You've hit all the layers and what a pin in kind of this concept I'm going to kind of going to kind of come back to this one, with one of my choices of such an iconic scene or moment in Return of the Jedi that you grow up with as a kid that suddenly takes on new, bigger meaning when you learn who's in it. And yeah. I remember the moment I was still young, but like, but, but like we're talking like it went five or six, seven, eight, maybe maybe even a decade. I can't remember. It might have been during high school for me, which would be the early 90s where uh, I discovered this and it, and I just, th- I felt dumb, but in like the most magical way, I I, I felt like the end of Dirty <laughs> Rotten scoundrels where Michael Caine and Steve Martin realized they're the ones that have been hoodwinked by the Jack Glenn Heady. And they got the, and Michael Caine has that look of like, <laughs> we fell for it. I just remember going that. Oh my God. It was in front of me the whole time. <laughs> Love
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's, I think there is something about that too. Like the way it's shot. Um, hey, just, you know, I don't think in 83 when it came out, we were as obsessed with behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still shot that even if you were like the most obsessive behind the scenes person and you knew what Ben Burt looked like, it's still not so in your face that it takes you out of the movie. Yeah. You know, it's still an imperial, not, ah, sound designer Ben Burt. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Which yeah. helps
0: it, you know, really work in the film and then be this extra layer. Yeah, and it's a great moment. is
3: Han Solo almost at his most Indiana Jones for me. Like you said, just grab this, throw it. Uh, I can see Indy doing that as well. And then, you know, I'm not much for puns. I, I know you're not much for puns, but Star Wars has some good, kind of punny names at times. Colonel Dyer is up there with Jedi Master. I'm going to die. Like, it's okay.
0: Yeah. I think here's the thing is like, sometimes I don't like, uh, puns because they don't contain uh, meaning sometimes it's it's yeah. just wordplay. play it's yeah. it, and sometimes that can not be for me but then when you add the darkness of death <laughs> that makes puns work for me so it, it does i always say puns aren't comedy
3: they're party tricks and uh I, I actually i actually agree with you add some darkness
0: you've got a you've got a purpose you've got a purpose to your pun so two cheers for Colonel Dyer. That's my number five best cameos in Star Wars. Love it. My number five
3: is one I know that is uh, is uh, on your uh, kind of interested list as well, Joseph. So let's get right to this one. Number, not My number five is Mr. Bond himself. Daniel Craig in The Force Awakens is FN 1824. Now, there's a lot to love about this, including... A little bit of the same feeling where after the first viewing of The Force Awakens, I didn't come racing out of there going, guys, did you see Daniel Craig? I didn't. I didn't. But rumors in this internet age, you know, if it had been 1983, we would have had uh, Alex Damon, a senior, would have uh, done a wonderful Star Wars <laughs> Explained. That's Ben Burt. Um, so we come out of the first, uh, that first kind of week of Force Awakens, and it was like, oh, I, 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 people think it's Daniel Craig. And remember, there have been rumors about him on the set, but people were like, yeah, they're just filming Bond next door, which I do believe was the case. So the second viewing, it was like unmistakable. And it just, again, I had that same feeling. I shouldn't have, but it just blew my mind like that. It does. It out. He walks like him. Sounds like him. How could I miss it? How could I miss it? And therefore, it is one of the things. And then still every once in a while, Joseph, you'll, you'll, you'll come across someone who, you know, fortunately for them, they don't have, live in the Star Wars news world <laughs> every day. And you'll still get to wow them with that fact. So. I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. I know you're a big Bond fan. I'm a big fan of of, uh, all the Craig Bond movies have something for me in them, and I like his take on it, and uh, that was a fun thrill for me.
0: Bond as a stormtrooper. Yeah, there's so much great stuff in what you said. Uh, First off, just the idea of Star Wars Explained, uh, Alex Damon's dad. (laughs) <laughs> also explaining star wars uh back in the day like going like from library to library with like a slideshow uh explaining explaining star wars and here is the slide that shows you where ben burt was in return of the jedi uh i love that idea we gotta ask alex what his dad actually did for a living because now i'm fascinated yeah uh, but back to the point. Yes, this one was on uh, my runner up uh, and I, I'm glad that you chose to highlight it. It only got bumped by things that I was more fascinated by. This is one of those cameos to me that is like uh, almost uh, the perfect mix of it doesn't take you out of the film because mm-hmm. he's covered head to toe in armor. Right. Um, yeah. He, what is going on? with ray is you know so powerful and so important and such a pivotal moment that you can really stay engaged in the film so on one side it's like it's not too loud but then exactly as you're saying as soon as you like are you know thinking about it like of course that is uh, daniel craig the voice is there the swagger is there and it's one of those cameos where you know there's lots of things where different uh people who are successful or famous want to be involved in the thing they love and sometimes it's just a cool they're there this is actually a great performance (laughs) yes this this feels like you know uh daniel craig said i want to be in star wars i current james bond want to be in star wars and if you're going to give me something i'm going to find my way into it as an actor and knock it out of the park (laughs) yeah because there's edge to his lines when he's, you know, I believe he says rebel scum as well, right? Or, yes, uh, yeah. Or scavenger it, um, scavenger or, scum. Scavenger yeah, yeah, scum. Yeah. Yes, an evolution. Yeah. Uh, scavenger <laughs> scum. But then, like, yeah, so he he plays that anger and that hatred and that sort of almost uh, xenophobia toward anybody not first order uh, classism, I guess, uh, with the scavenger scum. Uh, but then just the edge the spin the energy he puts on the and my blaster <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good performance that gives it personality yeah. but doesn't like overdo it to be like yeah you're still a trooper you know you, you shouldn't be you know doing like a weird accent and a soliloquy in a dance right yeah but it's still enough of a performance that it feels different and has some just energy to it uh, you're you're so
3: right on about the about the acting. Just he's such a good actor, and and plays the the depth, plays the comedy. Um, uh, you know, uh, I know everyone, you know, generally loves his turn and knives out. Well, he's an actor, and actors uh, know how to approach uh, the scene, the depths of every scene, and there's so much depth in the scene, uh, and, and especially for Ray, it's a big moment for Ray, without a doubt. But uh, James Bond and
0: Star Wars, well said, sir. So uh, from
3: there, we'll go to your number four.
0: My number four is going all the way back to the phantom menace and it is katie lucas as amy Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a ton i love about this uh this uh she was uh credited as jenna green in the credits uh she is one of the kids the 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 tatooine kids who are giving uh anakin a little bit of a hard time about his pod racer uh and she particularly has a line you've been working on that thing for years which, you know, when I stopped to highlight this, that's the line that I've never given its full due. <laughs> I've been working on that thing for years. Like, how? That's great. Because uh, sometimes I like, oh, he just threw together Pod racer People say, like, nope. According to yes. Amy, he's been working on that thing for years. Uh, I think when I first noticed this character on rewatches, I didn't realize it was Katie Lucas. Uh-huh. And I was just... Uh, enchanted by the fact that it was a Star Wars character just named Amy, spelled A-M-E-E. This is a thing that uh, happens in Star Wars. We, we like to uh, discuss how all of the Star Wars characters have weird or exotic names and, and expanded universe parentheses, or not parentheses, uh, you know, apostrophes everywhere. Um, but it's long been a tradition that, you know, hey, Amy, Douglas, <laughs> Sunvale, and I Republic, just a human name. But it still amused me And then the other thing that I just really loved and always noticed, and every once in a while a fan, a friend will notice and uh, send me a text like, did I see that? And I'll be like, yep, it is correct. There are braces in space. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Katie Lucas just uh, has her braces. I'm not uh, teasing or poking fun. It's something that a a lot of people have, and it's just one of those uh, fun details of, star wars is wild and weird and then sometimes there's just human stuff in it and this is one of those moments where there are there are braces in space so yeah. I, I like the moment uh there's a lot that makes a uh, amy pop between the name and the braces uh but then i think going on ken you know appreciating how much great work katie lucas did as a writer for yes. clone wars um We talk a lot about it on the Clone Wars report uh, that she wrote that episode assassin, which is one of my very favorite episodes. I think one of the most important uh, and under discussed episodes of the Clone Wars. And of course, just a ton of the development of Asajj Ventress, a ton of who Asajj Ventress is, is because of Katie Lucas. Uh, So I am just a, as a Star Wars fan, I'm a fan of her work. So it is fun to just be watching Phantom Menace and going, yeah, Katie Mm -hmm. Lucas. This is a great choice
3: because First of all, I'm glad you highlighted that her name was different in the credits, right? Because I'm, I'm I'm a credit watcher. I'll go through the credit. This is even in '99. I'll 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 find a way. Maybe it might mean staying in the theater before post-credit scenes were a thing and just looking <laughs> at the credits. Um, and I feel again, I I feel stupid as a running theme in a lot of these cameos for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know, uh, you know, and and obviously she she grew up. She's very young at the, the time and grows up, and then I I'm very. Much knew who she was and very much uh, believe in her contributions to Star Wars. Like Joseph said, I think if if you love the Asajj Ventress character beyond what she started out as, that's Katie Lucas and and Jennifer Landon did a great uh, happy beeps on that. Um, you guys can look that up here in our, our back catalog. And I I got to tell you, you know that sequence. There's some, you know, I love Kitster, I love it, but there, there's some some what maybe uh, some delivery of lines that you can look at the Phantom Menace. And, you know, if you think, uh, you know, jokes about pizza rolls are the height of star Wars criticism, you might look at that and go, that's a bad scene, right? I'm just, I'm just saying that and so <laughs> I, I might've been one of those ones. that was like, and she's got, and she's got braces. And the other one's like, let's go play ball. I like, I hate that. I, I used to be in my car, just angry car guy. And then when I a little bit later on found out it was Katie Lucas, I shut up. In the like a school teacher in the in in the frontier times had swept my hand with a ruler. Don't, <laughs> down, but I just I was like, okay, oh, you gotta shut up because that person that person has contributed to Star Wars more than you ever will, and you need to respect her. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I just remember that, and, and you know, there is still some fun moments in the scene, and now we can you and I can approach these scenes, even the ones we don't like as much, and find some joy and fun in them. But just that yeah, her being there made sense, and I know she goes on and makes other appearances, but I am really glad you brought up that appearance because it was a game changer for me uh, uh just ken know your role <laughs> sit back and uh just uh, enjoy what's in front of you and, it, and it's a great little sequence
0: yeah yeah and if you get past any of the you know how do you feel about the delivery that these children did or you know yes. is it is it too cute or too fun for star wars if for me if you get past any of that and just like look at what is what is that telling us about the story uh, and about mm-hmm. anakin growing up is it contributes really well to his character of he is you know uh just really working hard on this uh, podcast for years just you know trying to you know pull himself up by the uh, bootstraps as it were and here come his friends in the neighborhood kids going you dummy yeah (laughs) and And he perseveres it's a good scene it matters
3: yeah and you meant pod racer you said podcast which oh, did i say podcast podcast wait now's <laughs> even
0: better and again <laughs> just there working on that podcast for years it's going to be the fastest one ever <laughs> also shows what you and you and i do every day every day of our lives
3: oh uh, gosh that's a great idea uh Mas Espa today um yeah. And you're so right. And it's part of uh, you and I, uh, uh, and our appreciation for a Phantom Menace and something after I first met you on that Jedi Lines episode of, wow, let me go back and just engage with what's going on in these movies. And uh, that's a great moment. Great cameo. I'm glad, very glad you chose that one, sir.
0: Excellent. So that is my number four, Katie Lucas in Anakin builds a pod racer, not a podcast, but look for that fan fiction coming from us soon.
3: Coming soon. My number four, well, it doesn't have the big, depth that we've talked about even uh you know just early into the list it is in empire strikes back it is a, an imperial officer lieutenant shekel and it is jeremy bullock as this imperial officer spiriting away leia as luke skywalker shows up this is where lando and lobot and and leia's yelling it's a trap it's a trap luke it's a trap great little action moment great little uh, just like a just a drum snare kind of hit in in this quiet tension that's building on Cloud City. I love that sequence. And yeah, Jeremy Bullock is the uh, Imperial officer there, uh, who of course is is Boba Fett in the other scenes. In fact, so he's in the same scene, uh, essentially. And no depth, but this is one one of the early cameos I picked up on, one of the early ones I learned about. And unfortunately, if you're the wrong person sitting with me watching Empire, I'll still point it out to you like I know what I'm talking about.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'll like, hey hey
3: hey hey! pause pause you know who that is you know who that is yes we know you say it every time Ken. okay yeah it's jeremy bullock uh, and it was one of those things i think the the story if you find the, the urban le- urban legends of making of films like i think they needed someone or he, he was around i don't necessarily think it was done super super intentional like say a, a, a anthony daniels in, in attack of the clones or something like that i think it was out of need and and him being there um uh, I know there's more of their story, but anyways, I just love it. It's one of those little things. It's just fun. And the fact that it's kind of the same scene, it's the spirit of a good Star Wars cameo.
0: Yeah, no. And it, it really makes it so that uh, Luke is running through Cloud City, constantly being foiled by the same person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From Boba Fett to Lieutenant Shekel. Yeah, <laughs> Luke, you just can't uh, catch up with this guy.
3: Well, you know, and and, we'd learn a little bit more about Boba Fett clones and and what he actually looks like. But at the time, you could, you know, headcanon, there's some clonage going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Jeremy bullock has got a a storied career and some other great cameos in Star Wars. Right. Um, But this moment, I'm glad you picked this moment because this is one that uh, I think I know, but I don't actively remember when I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i guess we need to sit down and actually watch the films together someday what a weird thing uh we've only yeah. done that for watch throughs uh yeah. or watch longs on youtube yeah uh but yeah this is you know what i really like about this moment ken and it is the power of it was pointed out to me by uh, a friend uh back in the day uh kind of around around the prequel era um this is such a you know a pivotal moment where luke's Sort of, I'm going to go there to rescue them. But that's not what's happening. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Comes into focus. And this moment is so great where, you know, Leia is trying to warn him. She's already trying to save him. And in this moment, both Lando and Lieutenant Shekel kind of look at Luke like, who is this guy? Yeah. What's the deal? Why is everything about him? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a one shot right around here where Lando, like, uh, really, like, kind of squints and beats like, I'm trying to see what's special about this guy. Why? All this has to happen for this guy. So this is why you and I don't need to watch the movies together cuz we we usually really highlight
3: some of the same things in our mind. I love that Lando look. It's one of my favorite little moments with him. <laughs> just like cuz it's Lando and he's like, "I don't know somebody named Skywalker. I don't know. I'm I got a cape. I'm cool." And just he seems real like what is happening. And, and, and it, it's almost like there's some it's the first time it, on screen because i know in maybe some book stuff he, he kind of gets the bigger picture starts, starts to creep into his brain and soul but it for me it works as the first time lando's like there's stuff
0: going on that i don't understand
3: yeah yeah ah and 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 uh jeremy bullock as well so yeah good points yeah.
0: good point shoots him that quick look great one great one
3: indeed thank you sir we're now up to your number three best slash favorite cameo
0: in star wars Uh, My number three, we're just jumping from trilogies to trilogies here. We're going to go up to the modern-ish era of the sequel trilogy. We're going to go to The Last Jedi and Gareth Edwards. Uh, Now we're into the the modern world, right? Where you have to, instead of having to uh, really look for yourself or dig up some magazine or catch some interview on television to figure out the cameos, now you would have to work to not know about the cameos, right? (laughs) <laughs> you would have to try to mute words to on social media to not know about the cameo. So this is not a surprise to anyone, mm-hmm. uh, but it is the uh, director of rogue one, Gareth Edwards in the last Jedi uh, there's a whole director exchange of cameos that uh, play around with uh, some of these movies, but Gareth Edwards is my favorite. This moment is just full of personality and weirdness. Uh, so, if for some reason anybody isn't familiar with it, uh, there it's kind of it's a it's a cameo on cameo uh, interaction. Uh, first, we have the great character Kalun uh, Imat uh, walking up onto the salty surface of Crate. He disrupts uh, the salt so that you can see the red beneath. Uh, and then uh, a character named Sergeant Salty Sharp, <laughs> who is played by key assistant second director, Matthew Sharp, uh, tastes the white stuff on the ground in curiosity to what it is that's being disrupted in revealing the red underneath and says salt. And then in perhaps one of the greatest cameos ever, uh, Star Wars director Gareth Edwards looks at Salty Sharp like weirdo. earth taster what are you doing weirdo (laughs) I love it because this has been I've literally had fun discussions with friends about like what is the point of that scene or I get the point of that scene but could it have been done differently to other people going no that's the greatest thing ever Mm -hmm. you know it's one of those moments that is just fun of full of sort of fun and flavor and mystery for me it is about a lot of this just great aesthetic beauty and i think you know uh, visual meaning of this the this pure uh, whiteness being cut away to these just like horrific smear of bloody lines that's going to happen in the battle on crate uh it seems to me there's this moment where you know we we kind of don't want any distraction of what that's about yeah so we have this sort of flavorful moment where this curious officer is like mm, what is this oh it's salt uh and and then that to me might have been a little like weird, but Gareth Edwards makes it perfect (laughs) because he makes it about the character. Right. Uh, It's like, okay, clearly salty sharp is somebody who is just like very curious and cannot contain their curiosity and needs to know, uh, you know, uh, clearly Sergeant salty sharp would need to watch and or make uh, lots of explainer videos. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Gareth Edwards uh, character is just like, uh did you need to know that does that change anything (laughs) weirdo earth taster it's just it makes it a really uh human interaction and a funny interaction
3: i i've i've always been on on team salt uh i've (laughs) I've thought there's so much in this in the scene and i gotta imagine once and once you learned it's sergeant salty sharp this is like i'm like does he go around to every battle and just is like it's not salt and that just (laughs) (laughs) and this is his moment this is his moment um yeah. the focus is on Gareth Edwards. And you're right. It's, it's a cameo and a cameo and a cameo. Even, you know, Major Emot is uh, played by the, the now late, unfortunately passed away of COVID this past year. But uh, Andrew Jack, the great dialect coach. I mean, he's in Force Awakens, so it doesn't feel like a cameo. And he had been in, done some acting before, but you know, this is like layers of cameo. <laughs> this is layers of everything in this scene. And I think you're right. I think it's, uh, Garrett Edwards, uh, is us in that moment. And I like being <laughs> represented in those moments. things.
0: Yeah. And it is also fascinating with cameos now that, um, you know, we, we live in a world where we know readily what directors look like. Right. And that yeah. isn't that big of a deep cut. That's Gareth Edwards. You no, know, it's not that deep of a, a, a cut that that's the guy who just did a massive round of press a year before. Yeah. <laughs> for rogue one. So there's always that if you're going to have a cameo, is it something that's incredibly hidden or something that's like really in the background? And I'm fascinated by the fact that this is not even remotely in the background. It is right. uh, Full clear with a real emotional intent. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And he's got his Gareth Edwards hair. his little, (laughs) you know, cheeky mop top of hair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which I can't get through this cameo discussion without a quick uh diversion ken yeah. to uh game of thrones i'm going to bring it up before you can hi there you go uh ed what what's the, the singer uh, sheeran? ed sheeran ed sheeran, ed, yeah. ed sheeran how do you feel about his uh, when he pops up in game of thrones with his ed sheeran harry it's he just is ed sheeran
3: i so yeah i have not i'll say to 90% not a problem with that scene i i knew who ed sheeran was but in that moment i didn't know who it was and until until you know, the next morning you wake up and Twitter is a fire, and he's had to leave Twitter. Um, <laughs> I and I knew a little bit of it. It was uh, the the producers, Dan and David, giving Maisie Williams a gift. She was a big fan, and and they were like, "Hey, surprise! Your favorite singers here." And and so I always like that angle of it, but it never took me out. But um, now now I can't unsee it. So anytime <laughs> I watch this, I am like, "Yeah, oh, yep, definitely had Sharony now. Now we sing." And so I, I understand why it can take people out. I, I don't uh, fight people on that at all. I just I was so in the moment I didn't think about it. But this one I did, you know. I, this like, hey, Gareth Edwards! I almost like stood up in the screening. Hey, everybody, oh wait, Gareth is over there. Hey,
0: Gareth, right, because you were at the premiere, so Gareth was probably uh, spending the entire after party uh, uh, recreating his great. What are you doing? Look,
3: yeah, hey, that was me. Hey, that was me. I would do that. Are you kidding me?
0: I would do that. Yeah. So I just I love that scene. I love that uh, beat, and I just think it's it is a moment of absolutely great, f- funny uh, little acting.
3: That's great, and that's part of this too. It's 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 a uh, our reaction to them, why we love them. I love it. that's a great choice. Stand by your choice, sir.
0: <laughs> I do. I stand by it. Salt, salt.
3: All right, my number three. Uh, is going to the rise of skywalker i do believe this is a double cameo but i'm focusing on one side here uh this is we got two stormtroopers uh with you know with some fun cameos in this uh sequence i do bl- i do believe they're side by side i forgot to confirm that but uh one of them the uh, jd jd dillard is uh in in rest co Skywalker's fn uh one uh one two two six twelve twenty six is his birth uh, birthday i believe um and, and, and he's working on the Star Wars project. Remember, we we got that announcement. So this, this is one of the things you're going to look back and it's going to have even more meaning. But in this in the sequence and in the movie and in the credits that caused me to go, wait, what is Danny Harrison as FN 0878, his uh, birth year and month? Uh, he is a stormtrooper. He, of course, is the son of my favorite beetle, George Harrison. Mm-hmm. I'm a giant beetle guy and specifically I'm a giant George Harrison guy. And. Um, I, you know, you don't see it. He's got the mask on, you know, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't hear the voice and go, that sounds vaguely like the father. I enjoy his music. I also enjoy (laughs) enjoy Danny's music as well. Great stuff. Um, But I saw the credits and it popped out and I was like, what in the world did I just see? I think I saw tears in my eyes from the last act of that movie making me cry. And I was like, I, I made that up. I made that up. And then, you know, it, it's revealed uh, Nope, not it's true. Danny Harrison is a stormtrooper, and just, uh, I just love it. I celebrate it for that. It's a, it's a funny little beat, uh, around the nights of Wren I do believe that whole sequence. And, um, I just love it. And, and that's to me is a, we can go these, uh, Daniel Craig cameos, a little more oomph to the scene, all the stuff you're talking about here, but all just so this fun little thing. Like, hey, I, I don't even know the story of how it happened yet. I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if J.J. Uh, Abrams was like, let's get in a son of the Beatles here. Let's
4: <laughs> <Is that Starkey laughs> Street? No.
3: let's get Danny Harrison in. Um, so, man, that's, that's kind of the depth of the scene, Joseph. I could start talking about the Beatles, but I just love uh, uh, Harrison in Star Wars.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that's great. I think that is a part of what the cameo love about is uh, two different things that you love coming together. Yeah. Do you know where he appears? You said in the... uh...
3: I just watched his movie last night. I do believe it is the uh, ghouls scene.
0: Okay, nice.
3: I believe, or, 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 ooh, my memory might be wrong, and someone's probably already fired up a tweet, and and thank you. I think, or maybe it is the moment, oh, now I'm thinking about it, where uh, Ray does the mind trick.
0: Yeah. I just Googled uh, a old slash film article and uh, yeah, Yeah. that's, it's the, that's the picture, but it's, it's, there's many stormtroopers listed. And then of course, just to bring it full circle, uh, Ed Shireen uh, played an alien.
3: (laughs) He did. Yeah.
0: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, No, you're right. I'm I'm sorry. I
3: forgot to get some of the details on that um, when I was doing this last night, but uh, yes, no, I think you're right. I think it is that sequence. I think it is that one, because I think JD, J.D. Dillard's got the kind of uh, friendly, almost friendly tone when Ray does the. Does oh, thing. yeah. It's great you're
0: here. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think it's that. So uh, anyways, love that. Love that sequence.
0: That is awesome. That is a great choice. Yeah,
3: that is that. my number three, which means we're up to your number
0: two as we work towards the top of the best cameos in Star Wars. Uh, my number two is not perhaps as potent as uh, the generational joy of the son of a beetle uh, being in the very generational tale of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but this is one of the first uh, mind-blowing for me uh, realizations, epiphanies, right? Uh, Empire Strikes Back had long been one of my favorite films. Uh, but like I've mentioned in in uh, recent podcasts, like I was only able to see the film so often. And it it lived for me in storybooks and the novelization and the action figures and trading cards. And uh, when my family finally, finally joined the modern age and got a VHS, one of the first things I went to do is went out and bought uh, copies of the films. Uh, And there I was watching Empire Strikes Back uh, in Saw, out of the blue, Cliff Claven from Cheers on Hoth, <laughs> and it blew my mind. I was a huge fan of of Cheers. I think the the style of the writing and all the writing being very very sharp comedy uh, but all really flowing from the characters and a mixture of like big laughs and and treating the characters is real and like the things that they care about matter. Made a, Cheers made a big impact on me, uh, And where I lived in Minneapolis, not only did I watch it every Thursday night, but it was on after the news at 1030. And I watched Cheers every night. Right. Uh, and to this day, like, if you said, hey, just start reciting Cheers, I couldn't do it. But when I'm sitting and watching an episode, like, I always know the next line. I just watched right. it. That much growing up, so that's just a little bit of background to just be like, for me, it wasn't trivia. It was like I have an emotional relationship that that's Cliff yeah. Clavin from this one thing that I love that is worlds apart uh, from Empire Strikes Back, and here's this thing I've loved since I was a kid but I haven't really been able to spend time with the actual thing. And instead have spent time with proxies of the thing. Uh, and now when I get to spend time with the thing again, I am amazed to discover that, uh, I'll have some respect for the actor, John Ratzenberger use his name, not just Cliff Clavin, but the point to me is it was Cliff Clavin. Uh, so amazing to see John Ratzenberger is Bren Derlin, uh, maybe, maybe more than a cameo, uh, with the amount of lines, uh, he, yeah. ha- he is the one who is telling Leia that the shield doors must be closed. He's got, you know, gruff voice there. Uh, and then later uh, at the end of Leia's great briefing, everybody to your stations. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Which sounds a little bit more cliffy like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so g- some great moments. Uh, but the thing I revisited his scenes this morning, Ken, and the yeah. thing that I enjoyed the most at this point in my life is this he is a part of this great little moment empire strikes back is full of great little considered moments yeah. um where the one officer is reporting loudly that the they uh all the scouts have come back and skywalker and solo have not reported in and uh john ratzenberger brent derlin yeah. shushes him so leia doesn't hear it as clearly yes and it is so amazing if you're a fan of cliff Claven to see a moment where Cliff Clavin is the one with tact in consideration. (laughs) Man, this is a
3: great one because it's an old timer. It's an old timer, but it is the way you're explaining it and the way the connection is, is uh, probably shared with a lot of folks out there and a lot of people our generation. And and just, I love that. It's that shared unique journey we all have. And, and for me, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of cheers. And there's that moment and there is something about this cameo. It's one of the first times when I was very young and I, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to watch cheers until a little bit later, adult themes, you know, adult themes wasn't you really allowed around my house. <laughs> um, but when I, I was young enough when I figured it out and that, that this was the, this, this moment is when I learned that actors take jobs and other things. <laughs> actors sometimes put on accents that maybe aren't theirs <laughs> uh, directly you know i think uh, ratsberg is from like connecticut but you know uh boston strong there with that accent and that uh you know uh check the credits this was when i started maybe checking the credits because the answer is there the answer is there um and that's why i have emotional reaction to it because the, the scenes everything he's he's in some important moments with land and hoth and everything um but that for me was a wait a minute that guy's not a post man from boston
0: <laughs> how can this be <laughs> how can it be yeah yeah and i think it'll always mean a lot to me too because it's just that um it was that joy of discovery like mm-hmm. i got to go to school and the friends that i felt safe talking to star wars about i was like do you know yes that cliff clavin is an empire strikes back you know yeah yeah well and
3: and, and it's true friends that you felt safe enough to Discussed Star Wars with was a thing, <laughs> and two <laughs> can couldn't even discuss it? Yeah, absolutely one of those moments, and it is one of those. It's one of those maybe early shared around facts, you know. And, and I could counter with, well, the uh, Boba Fett's also in the hallway there in Empire and uh, in, in Cloud City, but yeah, you are right. It's one of those like, guess what I learned?
0: Yes, yes, and now most things are you know uh, learned from listicles or just hey, that's Ed Sheeran, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or just go to Twitter and find where the uh, screaming is at a cameo. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, it was great too, because I just waited for years knowing eventually given how action figures used to work, there will be a Brendan than right. action figure. And sure enough, there is a quality action figure I'm proud to own. Yes, absolutely is. Um, and
3: personal postscript on just the mention of Ratzberger's name early in my stand-up career, he and his son came to the Hollywood improv, sat, uh, front uh, left of the stage. And I, bombed in front of him and i looked him directly in the eyes as i could see in his face that guy's not funny and that haunted me for a little bit uh
0: you might be reading into uh,
3: <laughs> it well trust me the set wasn't good
0: <laughs> i i trust your instincts on that uh, whether or not you were able to successfully read the true emotions uh He might have had some bad salsa. You don't know.
3: Yeah. Well, and and, you know, and he's a good actor because I thought he was from Boston the whole time. So there you go. go. All right. That is a great choice for your number two, uh, Cliff Glaive and John Ratzenberger in Empire Strikes Back. We're going to uh, my number two. We're going to The Last Jedi 2017. And it is the Hamill kids. Nathan. Griffin, Chelsea, all in crate, all popping up when the, their father, Mark Hamill himself, uh, <laughs> Luke Skywalker, magically appears. Uh, it was a fun moment. Uh, you and I, Joseph, have, uh, have uh, over over time have become uh, uh, friends with Nathan and uh, Good Cat. Uh, I think I, I've met Griffin and Chelsea in passing, to to be clear. But they're they're, they're a fun group. They're a fun family. And um, Nathan. Uh, just kept it secret as he got, you know, never mentioned. And we were, we were at the, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to be the last Jedi premiere. And then at the, at the after party, he just kind of comes up quietly. I was like, that w- it was you. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fun. <laughs> um, and I just love the sequence. I love the scene. It's, and it is kind of most people know by now, but it was in the moment, uh, just, you just, you're just like, Hey, um, and it's a, connected character uh nathan's character is is his uh saleh minnow it's a a mix-up of uh, of uh, most of his uh, words there in his name and it, it's connected to his cameo that you don't really see in the phantom menace he's a spectator uh and in the background there and Boo a palace guard i believe as well so there's some canon connections there and then uh, one of his relatives i do believe they named them name her in the clone wars if i'm not sure if i'm not mistaken it's been a while Um, So anyways, I just love it. It's so fun uh, to see it. And then uh, Nathan has told the story of Oscar Isaac, uh, who pops up in front of him in the foreground of the scene, told all three of them, here's what you do. Take your time getting up so they have to uh, uh, get the entire shot and you get more screen time. Don't pop up. Come up slowly. (laughs)
0: That is great, Oscar Isaac being a hero uh, once again. <laughs> yeah, Nathan is a, a great guy. Um, he, he the the sense of just uh, joy in the spirit of fun and adventure and enjoying life uh, that his father displays on social media for for all to see and in, in his interviews. Clearly that runs in the family because Nathan is just a, a great guy with a sense of, of fun and enjoyment of the world in life. Um, and I think what is so great about that shot is exactly what you highlighted. There could have been lots of moments, but I love that they're like, wow, is dad back? <laughs>
3: <laughs> dad's home.
0: Yeah. It's a total dad's home. And it really works as a shot of everybody trying to like, what's going on. It yeah. really, really works. Yeah.
3: And they, you know, and, and Mark is, uh, I, I've never uh, met Mark uh, other than a phone call and Schmo's years ago. Um, but they're a very close family and very supportive family. And, um, uh, it makes sense. Mark, uh, Chelsea's like his personal assistant. They, they travel everywhere. They take the dogs everywhere. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a family affair at times. And, uh, just, I like the idea of, of Mark uh, going out there to shoot, uh, you know, last jet and going, Hey, Kids are coming with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. I love that one. That's my number two. Before we get to number ones, we always like to do some runner-ups, some choices that got so close but didn't quite make it. Uh, Joseph, what's uh, some of the ones on your list here?
0: Yeah, very, very close to making it to my list is uh, Dominic West as Naboo Guard in Phantom Menace. Um, This is one of those ones that, for me, he was always just the guy who says, the boy's here to see, uh, see Padme. Um, but then and, uh, eventually, I know Dominic West has done many things, but I know him from uh, one of uh, my personal favorite television shows, The Wire. Mm-hmm. Very good show. Dominic West, amazing actor. And this was one of those ones where hey, I was watching Phantom Menace for the zillionth time, and I was like, "Wait, <laughs> yeah, uh, that yeah. Naboo guard is awfully familiar to me." Suddenly. Uh, that's dominic west uh so that that is a high one up uh for me of uh l- there's a lot in in the prequels that are that is on purpose and a lot like that person isn't yet uh is uh m- just blazingly famous as they will become you know yeah
3: yeah 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 it, it's uh it's a uh, it's a uh, it becomes a uh, more than a cameo over time but uh, i love that i love i love uh actors getting their first starts or you know getting in or just showing up on set but yeah that's a that's a good one and uh Naboo seemed to have a lot <laughs> yeah yeah uh
0: there's a, a lot going on in Naboo uh another one for me is going more recent uh, to Rise of Skywalker and going to just voice and that is the fact that uh screenwriter Chris Terrio is the voice of uh Junior Aftab Akbar. I did, that was just really fun. I just like, yeah, let let the writers do some do some yeah. voice work. Maybe that's coming from a personal place for me. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but that was uh, that's always a, a good one because Aftab Akbar character is you know yeah. uh doesn't need to be a scene stealer to uh, steal our hearts because of you know that uh, tradition of legacy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 it's I was just watching
3: Rise of Skywalker the other night, and and he it's good. Like it's I remember hearing it in the theater, and you know I didn't know it was Chris Terry, but it was just like, oh, they got. I got someone good to do uh, a younger sounding son of Akbar. It makes sense. And so I think it's a good little
1: <laughs> A lot can happen in three years. Like a chat bot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
5: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that is very close to being in my list and, and the, the size of it makes it a cameo. Yeah, cameo. But it is uh, kind of a full scene in some ways. And that is a uh, Jet Lucas is at Joe Casa. Yes. Um, I've always loved that scene. We've talked about it uh, a lot. And that character uh, time to go. And so it is. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just I really like that the character, the scene to just see that moment of a, of a Padawan fighting back, uh, is a great moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's even more fun. We're like, Hey, it's a cameo. Yeah. Oh, great one. Love that. And- uh, but I want to, I want to, I got two more, but I want to kick back to you. Yeah.
3: So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm going uh, to, um, oh, well, Rogue One, you mentioned uh, the Gareth Edwards thing and, and there was uh, and you know, by the way, Gareth uh, cameos in his own film in Rogue One, right? So, uh, we'll have to get the canon connection on those characters. But the uh, Ryan Johnson in Rogue One is a Death Star gunner um, <laughs> uh, when they uh, go uh, attack uh, Jedi. I believe he's one of the ones there doing the old classic uh, duck your head as if that will save you from the laser. But apparently it does. It works. <laughs> and that's always one of my favorite things, to Return the Jedi. And so when I found it was Ryan Johnson, it not only is it fun, like this director cameo exchange is kind of fun. And at the time when you learned it, like, you know, last Jedi, we hadn't seen it yet. It was like, oh, that's cool. Like it's, it's, it's like a family affair type of thing uh, um, I just love it, too, because it is one of those moments if if they were like, Ken, do you, you know, we need you to cameo. Could you be a Death Star Gunner? I'd be like, done and done, and I know what to do. I'm going to tuck <laughs> my head and turn over slightly because that's what they do. And I've watched that scene 59 times last month. So Ryan, really, you could tell as a fan, uh, it just it was probably so excited to to do that Death Star Gunner duck.
0: Yeah, and I believe he's there with his uh, producing partner, Ron Bergman, right? Is Ron there, too? I uh, see. There you go. Now I've learned. <laughs> love that yeah that's a great pick too and i do i i think maybe that almost makes me like a gareth edwards appearance in last jedi even more that they have this exchange like what do you want to do oh ryan can you be like totally uh, obscured from head to toe and utterly unrecognizable yeah yeah absolutely and then gareth edwards or ryan johnson deciding gareth edwards face will be huge and full of emotion
3: (laughs) that's one of my choices there and then i'm gonna go to uh two from last jedi one that's um Famous or infamous, depending on your point of view. And uh, that is uh, Justin Throw is the code breaker in Last Jedi. I love it, and I've always loved it. I don't know; it doesn't necessarily take it take me out of the scene. I did have one of those like, "Hey, is that moment? Um, so therefore, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but I just kind of like it. And you hear Justin Throw kind of describe it as uh, you know um, Johnson saying, "Hey, come in here. I got the, it's kind of key to the story, but it's also a plot. It's a punchline, and therefore not super important." Could you come in and do it? Yeah, I'll come in and do that. Um, I've always kind of liked that one there. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on the island of the Codebreaker.
0: No, no, no. I I really like uh, a lot of Justin throws work. Uh, fascinating career. Absolutely great in uh, one of my favorite David Lynch films, Mulholland Drive. So it's really fun to see him. And I I do I I love that moment of that feeling of. Uh, but for fate, this would have been a different story. You know, if yes. they had found this guy, what would have happened? You know, it it is a Star Wars being a story of, you know, uh, destiny and choice and fate of like, here's what was behind door number one <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is really fun. And and he totally embodies that uh, James Bond in space, which I really, really think is great. And I, I like that the music does it, too, yeah. because Star Wars does pull from lots of different genres. So we have the actor of James Bond in space in The Force Awakens, and then we have the mood of the character James Bond yeah. in The Last Jedi.
3: Uh, absolutely, there. Uh, and then sticking to the Last Jedi, this is one that I learned after because it's not someone I would necessarily know, but um, it had stood out before I knew him. And it is the opening uh, sequence there, the the escape from Dakar, and it is Ben Morris, the visual effects supervisor. He is uh, piloting one of the bombers of the Resistance. He is kind of uh, an older older gentleman, some gray in his beard and hair. And that stands out to you and I often, Joseph, we track the old crusty guys there in star Wars. And so I just liked it. And I remember thinking, Oh, that's awesome. Like they got some, some, some actor to come in and just kind of be this old resistance pilot that probably fought in the civil war, the galactic civil war and, had a story to tell and come to find later. It, it's Ben Morris. And I found that out by watching the director and the Jedi talk. And they didn't say it. I I, I hadn't seen a, a you know, a, an article out there. Uh, Here's the Camus last Jedi yet. And if I did, I skipped that one or missed it, but I was watching the documentary and he comes up in an interview and I was like, that's the rebel that's resistant pilot that's that pilot <laughs> oh my god and then yeah confirm it is so uh, i i love uh, you know we don't know everything here on force center we love learning you know, romberg that's romberg i just learned that right now right now <laughs> so i learned the Ben i love i love it because it work. it works so well just this old crusty resistance pilot
0: yeah oh th- this is such a great great uh segue ken should i go back to mine yes yes please OK, because I realized my last two cameos are uh, both uh, people of an age to have some silver <laughs> in their hair. Star Wars, silver foxes, <laughs> Star Wars, silver foxes. Uh, I'm going to go to Rise of Skywalker. I think it is one of the great cameos of all time. Uh, John Williams is Oma Tress, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. that, that is I, I think that it was talked about beforehand that it was going to come. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, And if not, it was, I think, for for anybody who has been at all interested in film, they know what John Williams (laughs) looks like. Uh, So everybody can be in on that cameo. And it's it's really fast, really great. But he's just we've talked about all these different uh, great behind the scenes people who have been highlighted. And I think totally accurately that idea of like, wait john williams has never been on screen that is a must for uh, this last film of the skywalker saga and i think it's just a, a great moment and a, a needed moment yeah and it's a blip, it's such a blip um
3: and it it works right you see it on screen but then you get the the documentary that you know the care that went into every prop being from one of his movies that he that he scored It's 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 crazy. You almost want an entire scene. I I think it worked the right way. It's kind of what you want to do. But but I just love the care that went into that moment.
0: Yeah, no, that is great and mind blowing in the documentary of like, this is not just a fun uh, drive by. It is in the film. But for us making the film and for people who want to pause the film, this is a moment. <laughs> well we're gonna celebrate it. Uh, my last one is speaking of absolute uh, Star Wars greats uh, mm. appearing in on screen. Uh, Ralph Macquarie is Farrell Macquarie. Uh, this is an appearance in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, there are other designers uh, about, including Joe Johnston. It's on Hoth. Uh, but Ralph Macquarie as Farrell Macquarie, uh, getting to walk quickly in front of his own matte painting, holding a drawing board. And showing off those great uh, silver fox locks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ralph McQuarrie, you know, up there with, with Ben Burt, there's mm. so much that makes Star Wars work. The original film, Star Wars, mm. Lucas absolutely having a vision and then finding all of these amazing people to make that vision sing. You know, Ben Burt, John Williams, uh, Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, it's great to see those people all on screen. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great,
3: and it's it's a it's a freeze frame one. You know, if you look it up online, most of them are just blurred freeze frames of him walking by. But it, but when you're watching the movie, I think it works a little bit more. You can see it once you're looking for it. It's a great little
0: one. Yeah, great little one walking past his own matte painting. So those are my runner ups. Again,
3: yeah, a couple uh, more for me. Um, uh, Michael Giacchino uh, as the stormtrooper in the Force Awakens in the opening sequence. Um, there's a couple. Uh, night oh gosh, what's his name? Nigel. Oh, my gosh. I'm a music guy. I forget he's a music producer. They're in the they're the stormtroopers that kind of um, punch Poe in the gut. Uh, and, and Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so he's there. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Rise of Skywalker. Uh, you see him there celebrating at the end in, uh, with the resistance. Um, but uh, so great moments for me, too. But I just have only, I, we have to close with this one, I think, uh, in our runner ups here. Uh, going to the Phantom Menace, and it is the gum-chomping, F-bomb-dropping producer of the whole sequels <laughs> or prequels, Rick McCallum, as a Naboo Noble. Ben Burtt there as well, but that doesn't stand out as much as Colonel Dyer. But Rick McCallum is at the end of the Phantom Menace, and once you see it, you can't unsee it, and you always focus on
0: it. <laughs> no, I'm so glad that you included this one, because uh, Rick McCallum is just the uh, one of the stars of all of the behind the scenes footage, uh, and documentaries that have been made, uh, for the prequels, he's always there, always chomping that gum. I gotta re watch these to see how often he square, swears, because in my mind, it's a lot, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. getting to see him as a noble who's celebrating and feeling like, oh man, he's he's chomping on that space gum and he's about mm-hmm. to go that effing invasion. <laughs> just it's him on the uh him on the on the radio after the
3: sandstorm hits there's a lot of bleep bleep over bleep bleep over love Where, where's where's liam's wig have you tried algeria over
4: um
3: so that's the end of our, our runner-ups we're gonna get to our number ones we we will mention we're not i don't know we didn't put him in the hall of fame just because um I don't know, it just seemed too obvious, but uh, we do enjoy uh, George Lucas's Baron Papanoidia in Revenge of the Sith, you know.
0: Yeah, that right. does seem like the one that that absolutely must be mentioned, right? And maybe yeah. you and I are like, yeah, because we just yeah. did that whole deep dive of that character from his uh, sphere of influence episode of Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh George Lucas, uh the maker with two blazers uh, blasters blazing. Yeah. yeah two blasters blaze it uh love that
3: one there so we're gonna get to our number one choice this is our uh favorite but also the best cameos in star wars uh because this is star wars ranked it's all fact um no uh, our personal <laughs> uh my number one we'll go with my number one so joseph can close the show with his number one it it ties into the spirit of what, of what you mentioned with ben burt as colonel dyer in return of the jedi because it's the same movie around the same time it is Director Richard Marquand and uh, producer Robert Watts as ATS drivers in Return of the Jedi. Depending on where you look, it's either Major Newland or Major Marquand and Lieutenant Blenad or Lieutenant Watts. I was trying to research it and they're listed sometimes the same uh, in the same entry. It's just one of those little kind of fun star wars uh canon little quirks but uh we'll go with major mark one and lieutenant watts they're the atsd uh drivers that are, are pulled out of uh and one pulled out i believe watts is and uh or as mark mark one is beat up well eh, it doesn't end well for either of them <laughs> Um and so to go when you were saying up top to start a list joseph this is a moment i love in return of the jedi and it's a moment i loved as a seven-year-old seeing the movie of yeah chewing those ewoks took over that walker and they beat those imperial pilots and they tossed one down <laughs> and he screamed and yeah i like it i like it i like it and then a few years later and i do mean a few years later i learned that it is uh the director and one of the producers of the picture and it, you you said earlier we grow up Knowing these names, we became obsessed with some of the behind the scenes names, but you didn't necessarily always know them. You might have known what Joe Johnston or John Dykstra or Dennis Murin and others looked like, but you didn't know everyone. And with directors specifically, um, even though I'd seen some shots of Richard Marquand, I, I saw some behind the scenes stuff of, of him on Bright Tree Village going over some scenes. I, I've seen them. I saw them in the documentary. I just never connected. it. it, it, it you know, uh, you don't see it until you see it. And when I learned it, I just felt. A little dumb, a little embarrassed, but also just, wow, that is awesome. That's amazing. And uh, maybe the first time I learned about the cool concept of a good old-fashioned director, cameo. You know, the Hitchcock stuff is out there. You get all those, you know, I studied film. You see all the great directors throwing themselves in movies every now and then. Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, totally, totally, totally. But Richard Marquand, uh, joining the umpires, probably my favorite one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I learned this one from you. Uh, I don't think I ever knew that. I don't know why it didn't pop up. I think it is maybe because it it it, it isn't highlight. You know, it doesn't yeah. really like. It's not like uh, that ATSD driver like uh, takes their helmet and goggles off and like looks right. at the camera like, "Hi, surprise, it's me." Right. <laughs> I think also in my mind too, it's because when I think of cameos, I think of things that are going to be a little bit more stationary. Yep. I don't think being yanked out yep. of the shot by Chewbacca. <laughs>
3: and tossed down to the floor of Endor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was not all one fluid take, but yeah, <laughs> but well, yeah, it's such an active scene.
3: Yeah. And what's interesting for me is the ATSC drive driver figure that uh, Kenner released. I, I don't, I'm not saying it's, it's Mark one, but like, I always assumed it was that guy as a kid. Like that's the figure was that guy. Right. Cause that's the only oh, right. one you really got to know personally, <laughs> uh, other than Han pretending to be one. So, uh, you know, in my mind, that is a Richard Marquand, the late Richard Marquand action figure. Uh, I'll take it and it works for me. You know, uh, we need a Robert Watson one as well.
0: Yeah, that is great. And I will uh, I'll piggyback on there that, Uh, you know, Richard Marquand did a lot of great work because he uh did the voice of EV 99, right? He did a uh, great pull. He absolutely did. Uh, much like uh, Abrams as uh,
3: Dio, which uh, I guess would count as one as well. Marquand uh, being a droid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that is great. I, the other night, uh, my wife and I were watching, uh, some episodes of Star Trek discovery and we both had the really surreal, uh, experience of we quietly heard the Star Wars theme really? playing and we're like, and our neighbors were watching Star Wars. Oh. And, uh, by the time we finished the episode of discovery, Sarah's was like, did you hear the Star Wars theme? I was like, yeah. And then I heard even faintly, EV99's very distinctive voice through the walls. Like, yeah, they're watching Return of the Jedi. I hear EV99. I hear Richard Marquand through the walls. I love that.
3: I love that. Nerds United, whether they know it or not.
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. So that's a great, great pick. There it is, my number one, Richard Marquand. Robert Watson,
0: Return of the Jedi. But, sir, what is your number one? My number one is weird because it is a very short cameo from a certain point of view and a little bit of a longer cameo uh, from another point of view, if you think just about the character. Uh, but my number one is Swordmaster Nick Gallard is syndraulic. Uh This is, of course, uh, for me, as much about the character or the moment of the cameo as it is about honoring the person who contributed. Um, When the prequels were coming out and they kept putting out uh, even before the films, they put out all those little teaser videos, right? Like that really focused on the behind the scenes. And it was the first time in my life where like I really created, uh, I felt a bond forged uh, between myself and the creators much more than just like the one person Um, because of those videos. Because you got to see what they did. And I had so deeply loved In the Phantom Menace, uh, the entire lightsaber fight, but in particular, the the Obi-Wan Maul Mm -hmm. uh, fight in the Phantom Menace that I was like, Nick Collard, that is that is the human who gave me this gift. (laughs) (laughs) So I got so invested in him. And then as the build up to Revenge of the Sith, I'm like, yeah, and he is. uh, I remember talking to friends like whatever else happens in this film. Nick Gillard is creating this amazing lightsaber fight uh, between Anakin and Obi Wan, and uh, so I think for me it is slightly about how much I bonded to this mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes creator, wanting to see them on screen. And then you and I have covered everything from random actor who will go on to be yep. well-known for something else to uh, a director in a you know fun moment. This is maybe the most perfect marriage between the actual creation of the human and the purpose of the character yeah yeah <laughs> that sindralog is you know the the swordmaster of of the jedi right yeah. um and he appears in revenge of the sith extremely briefly i rewatched it and forgot how incredibly bl- right. brief it is right great scene uh yoda and obi-wan have been in the temple they have seen the slaughter. Uh, they have reprogrammed the message, warning Jedi to go away. And Obi-Wan can't leave without going into the Hall of Recordings. He needs to know. Yoda warns him he will only find pain. And he immediately uh, finds some pain as he sees uh, Vader, Anakin, uh, fighting the two Padawans in this Jedi. And it is Nick Glard is syndralic. It goes by very, very fast. Yeah. Uh the padawans are are some cameos as well. We Maru and Bene, uh, Bene is played by uh, Rick McCallum's daughter, <laughs> right? Uh but then we we get to see Syndralic pop up in Clone Wars and you know the character has a, a life in another story. The character kind of has a life and identity mm-hmm. of his own. Uh, but I think that even though it's so brief it is for me it's celebrating the contribution of this uh creator, the creator being perfectly matched to the character that he's playing in the cameo. And then also just the importance of this moment of Obi-Wan having to see this and the kind of, you don't get to focus on the film, but for me, it, it is an important moment to see. Yeah. Anakin is fighting people he knows and letting all that resentment fly. And even this great Jedi, a sword master Sindralik, he's going to take him down to the moment is important as well.
3: Yeah. And I think all, yeah, this is uh, you're taking all the great reasons behind you know, why we love cameos and it's all, all, all roads lead to this fun. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe you don't know it. Maybe you do a lot to the scene, a lot to the moment. And uh, just one that can have a lot of, uh, you can have an emotional connection to, and clearly you do. And, and it's one of the ones when I first learned it, it it's more than just a fact. It's uh it's Canon. It's with purpose. Um, and a just reward for someone who works so hard, like you said, to give us these gifts, <laughs> you know, if you like these, a lot of the fights. And I do. And I, I'm one of those people that do like the difference in, in the lightsaber fighting style from the original trilogy of this one, because um, I buy in on George's idea of these are uh, people at the height of their powers, at the, the top of their skills. And it makes sense. And, and he's such a, you know, I, I, like a lot of folks love the the documentary, the beginning, the, the great Phantom Menace doc. And he's all through that. And just the joy of you and doing the lightsaber fight and breaking the the lightsabers. And, and there's <laughs> Nick right there. So uh, I love it. Great moment. Great purpose and, and great character, too, with, uh, which we get a little bit more time with later on. Right. Pops up every now and then in Clone Wars. So by that, we need a six inch black series.
0: Yes, that's what we're, we're coming to is yeah. uh, for the, those characters who don't yet have action figures. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Indeed. Well, there it
3: is. That is our list. The best cameos in Star Wars. The ones that are our personal favorites. I'm sure all of you out there have uh, have your own. Have maybe some similar experiences and uh, shared names on your list. But we'd uh, love to know about it. Uh, you can do so by reaching out to us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Use hashtag Star Wars Ranked. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well, Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to AudibleTrial.com/ForceCenter. Get some merch at t- up user excuse me tpublic.com slash user slash force center and you can support us directly at patreon.com you can follow me at ken napsack or go to my website ken for more joseph uh as uh, we start to open back up your website becomes important again because i'm sh- sure soon one day soon you're gonna have a great show to promote
0: <laughs> yes we, we'll see yeah it is such a weird weird time as uh, as everything slowly gets uh shakes the rust off and Comes back to life, uh, but you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as at Joseph Scrimshaw. Same handle for all those things. And as Ken was just saying, you can go to my website. That's JosephScrimshaw.com. It has uh, comedy albums, uh, my other podcast, Obsessed, and eventually links to other live shows. Yes, live, live, live. Very excited for that day. Yeah, absolutely, indeed. Yes, please check out Joseph on TikTok. Uh, He's
3: uh, doing some great work, doing the Lord's work over there for uh, (laughs) over there. It's great stuff. Uh, So wonderful. Joseph, thank you for sharing all your uh, names, but also more importantly, your emotional connection and memories around these. Uh, That's why we do this. That's what Star Wars Ranked is about. So for all of uh, the wonderful cameos we've seen and uh, yet to fully see, uh, that is it. Star Wars has been ranked.